Hey there, and welcome to the Global Fly Fisher podcast. Or maybe I should say welcome back to the Global Fly Fisher podcast, because it has indeed been a very long time ago since I made the last podcast. And I'll return to why that is in a moment. This is your host, Martin Jorgensen, speaking, one of the Global Fly Fisher partners, one of the original partners of the Global Fly Fisher website. And uh, I am sitting by the water which is my first time by the water for, I don't know, probably a couple of months or so. We've had a strange summer here. First, we had a very windy and very cold start of the summer. Lots of western wind and northern winds, which are not really good for the type of fishing that that we usually do. And when that ended, uh, it changed to a very, very hot summer still and warm and more for basking in the sun and swimming in the ocean than for fishing and uh, once that stopped well the windy weather came back and uh, we've had a period with a lot of wind and um, just today the wind is still not perfect we have a northern wind today which is kind of rare this time of year usually we have western wind when it's cold and southern wind when it's warm but uh, just today it's the wind is from the north so well and I have an airplane passing over here I hope uh, it doesn't bother too much because um, of the noise so the result of that combined with me having a strained toe and an injured knee and uh, different other things uh, the result has been that uh, there's been very little fishing taking place also uh, the people that I usually go fishing with, one of them has moved to Iceland, uh, one has bought a very expensive bike and is biking all the time, and one seems to be going hunting all the time. And uh, since I don't want to go alone, or prefer at least some company, that means that the initiative has been uh, very small on my side uh, for going fishing at all. But today it was just too much. We had a trip to Sweden planned originally, but... Um, that was postponed until tomorrow, uh, and since the weather was so beautiful, it's uh, partly clouded and a nice wind and uh, uh, a good temperature. Well, we decided to go anyway today and just seek out a spot where we've been on many times before. And we have been fishing a bit now for a couple of hours or so, just been in the water and probing the water, nothing really happening. Uh, a few very, very small fish, probably... Uh, some sand eels and maybe some garfish, uh, uh, small garfish or something, but no trout and no mullet, which are the prime uh, targets uh, for us today. Mullet especially, we've been here a couple of times uh, last year and the year before that, where we've had exceptionally good uh, mullet fishing, not catching, but fishing, where we've seen a lot of mullet, because as you know, or may know, the mullet here are pretty pretty tough to uh, to hook and and uh, and to get to bite at all and and not easy to get uh, to get in once you once you hook them so uh, mullet are definitely very exciting fish to 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 uh, to to fish for but also extremely difficult unfortunately we haven't seen any today um, it is very very good um, conditions we do have very good conditions for mullets uh, fishing uh, but um, well, we haven't seen any, so 
hasn't been uh, many chances to fish for them. Right now I'm just sitting, enjoying the nice weather and uh, looking at the, at the water here, just uh, keeping an eye out to see if anything moves. My very good friend Henning has uh, walked along the beach uh, half a mile or so and is fishing uh, a, a new spot, just trying uh, to see if he can find anything um, in a spot where we haven't been. Um, and my dog is just sitting on the beach watching out for everybody, uh, which in this case is just the two of us. As I said, we've been uh, looking out for mullet, and let me just cover uh, the way that we fish for mullet a bit here. It's uh, not like I'm a seasoned mullet fisher or a mullet catcher for that matter. I've hooked about four or six mullet in my whole fishing career and landed one that's like a single fish, and that was actually last, last year, this time of the year. But uh, I definitely have fished for them quite a lot, and uh, here in Denmark they have become a very, uh, very popular quarry to uh, to fish in the warm part of the season because they seem to prefer the warm water. The mullet that we fish are thick-lipped mullet, uh, a big grey fish which grows to pretty large sizes. Actually, a, a six-pound fish is, is uh, very common, and ten-pound fish are often caught. Um, the record I think in Denmark here is like 11 pounds or something uh, and um, the exciting thing about them is that when you see them you see you typically see a lot of them uh, and they seem to go foraging in the in the low uh, low part of the water in the in the really shallow part of the water and close to the beach and uh, you can you can go and target them and and try to catch them unfortunately they have a couple of things against them one thing is that they're extremely shy and very, very easy to spook. Um, if you don't cast very precisely, if you if you overline them or anything like that, you're gonna spook them definitely. They will just disappear. But uh, fortunately, they will return and 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 uh, typically uh, come back to the same spot and and keep on eating. Um, which uh, leads us to the second problem with these fish, uh, which is that they seem to be mainly vegetarians, um, making it pretty tough for us fly fishers to catch them. Uh, they do eat uh, small worms and clams and, and, um, and uh, other animals, uh, shrimp and stuff like that, and uh, I've heard about people catching them, them on spinning gear, meaning that they can actually also hunt uh, small fry or, or small fish, but in most cases, when you see them, they actually go and, and pick on, on the weed on the stones and on the bottom and just seem to be messing around with all the stuff that floats in the water, which is definitely not animal food, but more like uh, uh, seaweed and, and uh, different algae and stuff like that. That makes it pretty difficult to get them because where a sea trout will be very keen on taking anything that moves and is very opportunistic and, and is pretty easy to, 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 to catch once you find them. Uh, in the case with mullet, they're first of all difficult to find because they're rare and, and, and you have to spot them. And secondly, they're pretty difficult to catch once you, uh, once you get your, your fly, fly out there. It's, there's no, absolutely no rule that says that they will bite uh, when you present them to a fly. Even if you cast perfectly and present the fly per perfectly, you definitely have no guarantee that they will bite. Sometimes, for some reason, they seem to be really aggressive and really keen to go after the fly, 
but at other times you can cast and cast and cast and all you do is just spook them and they'll return and you spook them again and they'll return and that's the way the game keeps on going. The place we are looking for Mullet today is a kind of a rocky beach and when when I say rocky here in Denmark I don't mean like rocks uh, big huge rocks uh, but more like small stones uh, up to the the size a couple of feet in diameter and down to the size of a of a fist or a small ping pong ball or something uh, but it's not sandy and it's not uh, it's not um, real rocks so somewhere in between Lots of stones out in the water, lots of weed on the stones, and, and uh, a, a fairly shallow coast, meaning that uh, you can wade out maybe 10 meters, 15 meters or something, out to like 30, 45 feet or, or something like that. You can get out and still be comfortable. Um, usually you should stay on the, on the dry land when you fish for mullet because they can go really, really close to the, to the shore meaning that they will go into a, a foot, half a foot of water, like, you know, eight, ten inches of water or something like that, and you can see their fins and their tails sticking up, much like you will see bonefish in the tropics. What they do is actually they go and, and pick uh, stuff up from the stones on the on the bottom and um, in this shallow water, that means that they tip up their tails and their dorsal fins, and you can, in many cases, you will see the fins before you see anything else, and you will see movement in the surface. Once you see that, what you do is really, really sneak on in, on in on the fish and try to get close because, as I said, they spook so easily. And you try to present your fly in the way that you do with the bonefish, uh, just in front of the fish and very close. And in a way that means that the fish might not see the fly landing, but will see it on the on the bottom or or in the in the water. It's not easy, as I said. The casting is quite challenging. You're in shallow water. You'll snag on the bottom. You'll have the wind to fight. Your line will probably drag all sorts of seaweed and stuff from your from beneath your feet, and and it it's quite challenging. Uh, and uh, add to that that the fish are not really willing to take anything that you cast to them, but uh, will rather spook or or uh, or just shy away from the fly. But it's really exciting, as you can imagine. If you if you if you imagine going in this shallow water, seeing fish in the in the maybe you know four, six, eight pound range or something like that, just eating in 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 the shallows, and uh, you running along, tucked down, not to be seen, and 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 trying to get get a fly in front of them. It's very exciting, I can tell you, and and sometimes extremely frustrating. Uh, most times, actually, it's extremely frustrating. The flies that we use are just small flies, uh, usually size uh, 8, 10 or 12 or something like that. And a very popular fly here is a, is a chartreuse fly or a, a bright green fly, which is made from uh, marabou and, and um, on a fairly heavy hook. For some reason, these fish seem to like the, the, the bright green color, but I have seen fish caught on many other types of flies, including like old red tags or uh, uh, any woolly, woolly bugger type of fly. Um, and even uh, I even heard about somebody catching uh, uh, mullet on a Mickey fin, which, as you might know, is brightly red and, and, and yellow and a, and a big streamer. But um, 
anyways, they do seem to be pretty picky, and and I think I think the green fly is uh, is probably the best way to go if you want to catch them and not too big. You also need to be able to present the fly pretty accurately and 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 uh, with um, with with great care. Uh, you often have to fish fairly long uh, leaders and and uh, thin tippets, uh, which is a problem because uh, they are hard to hook. They're very hard in the mouth. Uh, they have this very thick lip um, that they obviously seem to use to uh, pull off weed off the stones and and things like that and. You want to be able to set the hook firmly in the in this thick lip, and um, and that's done by a really hot strike or maybe a strip strike, like you know it from bonefish fishing. And that means that if you have a too thin uh, tippet on your on your fly rod on your leader, you will probably break off immediately because what happens once you hook the fish is that they just take off like a steam train, and really make a run for it. Um, as I said last year, I managed to hook four, I think, uh, and all of them just went zoom, just like crazy, and and three of them broke off. The last one I managed to land and and uh, actually uh, kept uh, an eight. And that's one thing about mullet, and one very good reason for pursuing them is that they're extremely delicate. They're really, really good eating. Um, it's uh, it's a very special type of uh, fish meat that doesn't uh, taste or look like anything else that we get here in Denmark. Um, uh, the fish is really strange uh, inside once you got it and look inside it. It's really different from uh, the trout that we usually uh, take here and keep. But, um, well, I managed to get through the scales, which are thick and, and big, and, and get inside the fish and, and rinse it and, and get it uh, done and uh, prepared it by um, frying the the, the um, fillets on a on a frying pan skin down and and just uh, give it a really hard time on, on in, in sizzling hot hot oil, sorry sizzling hot oil and I can tell you it tasted extremely good so that's another very good reason to go mullet hunting I've been sitting now for maybe an hour or so just enjoying the great conditions and the good weather and just watching out for fish and absolutely nothing has happened. In one way it's uh, extremely nice just to sit and look at the water and just kind of meditate. Uh, On the other hand it's quite frustrating when you're expecting uh, uh, exciting fishing to develop right in front of your nose but nothing happens. But anyways, it seems that the mullet are staying out in the deep or home in the Mediterranean or whatever, uh, and uh, no trout are visible yet. I think we have to wait. It's probably about like 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon now, and uh, still too bright and, and a bit too warm for the trout to, uh, to be out and about. I think we'll have to wait a few hours before that happens. Um, mullet, well... They're finicky. Sometimes you see hundreds, if not thousands. Sometimes you see a couple. Sometimes you see none. And it seems today is one of the days that you see none. Uh, I can see Henning is returning now. And uh, and uh, he's been fishing uh, way down the beach here and is coming back. So I gather he hasn't seen or felt anything either. Because that, it's, if that was the case, he would probably come back here uh, and or, or rather call me on the phone or something and ask me to join him. But... Um, Seems like he's uh, returning, and 
that means that uh, nothing has happened there either. So um, altogether, it's a pretty slow day, and hopefully there will be some uh, some commotion uh, later on when uh, the sun sets and uh, and it gets a bit darker and a bit, a bit cooler. I think I'll just uh, leave it at that. Uh, I may actually uh, record another podcast tomorrow when we're going to Sweden. Uh, we'll see what happens over there. We might have a bit more action uh, in the Swedish water, which seems to have uh, have uh, dropped uh, a few degrees in temperature uh, uh, compared to the Danish water, which is still quite warm. Um, so if uh, we have any action tomorrow, I may as i said record another a second podcast which is quite typical two months without and then two days in a row but uh, well i hope you forgive me as i said i've been uh, down with uh, with uh, toes and knees and uh, and legs that uh, wouldn't really do as i wanted them to do and uh, the weather has been uh, been uh, pretty awkward so um, altogether a uh, slow summer but that's the way it is usually autumn is the best part of the year for uh, many of us and uh, and myself uh, I, I i certainly prefer the autumn fishing where the fish are really beautiful and big and uh, and the weather is typically very nice and cool and and still um, uh, quite bright and and the water is beautiful so we'll see hopefully we'll record a lot of podcasts this this autumn there will be uh, enough chances i hope But until then, maybe until tomorrow, uh, take care. Um, remember to pack your gear and go fishing as often as you can. And, um, well, have a nice day. Goodbye.